Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to Let's Talk About today with Arvin. If you could hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review, I would very, very much appreciate it. It would really, really help. But otherwise, hope you enjoy the show and have a great time. to Let's Talk About Today with Arvin. Last night, the conservative leadership race finally came to an end, and wow, whew, it went way longer than everybody expected. I'm here with Andrea, a University of Toronto political science student. He's going into his fourth year. Uh, he is a local conservative here in the Barry-Innisville area, and Andrea himself had endorsed Peter McKay, and so here we are a couple hours after... Uh, the results of the, the conservative leadership race. Aaron O'Toole's leader, Andrea, how are you feeling? You know what? I, I am feeling energized, to be quite honest. You know, Aaron O'Toole, back in 2017, I saw uh, him run then, and I saw him run now, and he is bringing the same unifying energy to the party that anyone would expect. So I'm quite pleased with Aaron's victory. And I think, you know, although I had endorsed Peter, the speech that Aaron gave last night following the results, that was really profound because he was able to actually touch every corner of the country and every demographic within a few sentences. So that really that really set uh, us on the path for success, I think. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It was a pretty good speech. Uh you know, talking about how everybody hears everybody's welcome to the Conservative Party no matter what. So just just to recap, Aaron O'Toole he won in the third round, fifty seven percent versus Peter McKay's forty three percent. Very very uh, it's a, quite the shocker. But I'm gonna say I predicted this would happen. I sent out a tweet a couple hours before the race and I said Aaron O'Toole is gonna win. It's gonna be a come from behind victory and it's gonna be after the first couple of rounds. Technically, first couple, couple means two. So third round, I guess my mm-hmm. prediction was right. <laughs> but yeah, no, the speech was very <laughs> actually unified. Like people always label Aaron O'Toole as like the true blue Tory. And, you know, he didn't come off as like a right wing. Not, and I'm not saying he is by any means, but he came, he sort mm-hmm. of embraced the role as the unifier and sort of opened the doors and said, hey, come on in. And he actually made an effort to uh, mention that the Conservative Party is no longer under his leadership, not only focused on uh, calling out Justin Trudeau and, uh, you know, ethics violations and all that stuff, but they're going to actually make an effort to focus on policy and what's actually affecting Canadians. Right, right. And and so it was definitely, definitely um, a wonderful thing to see last night, despite it being... I mean, I, I was texting you one o'clock in the morning. Um, I was wide awake. I, I was re-energized after that. But I think one of the things you mentioned, I don't think being a true blue Tory and being a unifier are mutually exclusive. I think Aaron O'Toole's, uh, you know, true blue uh, Tory approach that he took in the leadership uh, campaign that he continues to adopt now uh, is definitely compatible with being a unifier, being someone of inclusion, uh, and really highlighting the fact that the big blue tent 
uh, is stronger than ever. I mean, we broke the record, 174,000-something uh, votes were cast. That, to me, th- like that, that was wonderful to see. So I think, I think touching on that note would be important, and it's definitely encouraging to see. Yeah, interestingly enough, you know, I guess I guess that is some way to look at it that you don't, you know, just because you are a true Tory, a true blue conservative, it doesn't particularly mean uh, that you can't be a unifier or in one way have to be. I mean, you do you honestly think that this is the strongest moment that the blue tent is uh, holding the most amount of people like it, it, this is the right path that you're going down? Is this what you think, Andrea? Absolutely. I mean, we saw last night uh, the support uh, that our party has and support that uh, people gave and the confidence they gave to Aaron across the country. Uh, Literally, he did amazing in Quebec, amazing in the West, uh, very strong in Ontario. Uh, And that was just indicative of the fact that people are ready for change. People are ready for that conservative vision and that alternative to come to the capital uh, to really move Canada forward. And I totally think, Arvin, that this was a big moment uh, in history, not only for us, but for the country. Really? Well, I mean, it's interesting that you mentioned Quebec. It's interesting that you mentioned Quebec because Aaron O'Toole was probably the best uh, you know, person who was able to speak French. We saw in the conservative leadership mm-hmm. debate that when Aaron O'Toole was speaking French, it was probably, uh, you know, you could actually understand what he was saying versus Peter McKay, who had just recently started learning French and Leslie Lewis, who could barely speak any. And that actually came to the aid of Aaron O'Toole. He was number, he was the number one candidate in Quebec. He had the most amount of points. And it was, it was interesting to see that after, you know, first round after the first round, when it came to provinces, most provinces were actually, you know, highly supportive of Aaron O'Toole and actually Leslin Lewis too. Like she actually won the province of Saskatchewan. Uh, Peter McKay, the the area that he mostly was succeeding in was the Maritimes. uh, And he is of course a native of uh, Nova Scotia. So this is, it was interesting to see the provincial breakdown. Did you have any thoughts in regards of that? Like Aaron O'Toole's big win in Quebec? Right. So I, I mean, we saw the results last night and I think, uh, seeing them was was an inspiring moment on all fronts. You know what I mean? We saw the amazing and vast support that Aaron uh, had and maintained throughout the country. And also, as you said, though, Leslin Lewis, uh, I, I mean, I, I saw some tweets this morning uh, from conservatives across the country congratulating her as well on on an impeccable oh, yeah. campaign. She what she did was unprecedented. Fair. Uh, yeah, what, yeah, she absolutely, there's no doubt in my mind, resonated uh, and attracted new voters uh, to the Conservative Party of Canada. And I do think that she's going to play a vital role moving forward uh, under Erin O'Toole's leadership. Well, yeah, exactly. Like, she is very a very smart person. She's a professor of law. Um, and you know, I what the thing that I was hearing a lot was that if only she was able to speak French, she probably would have won that leadership. Because in that second round, when Derek Sloan was, uh, hey, by the way, rest in peace to his campaign, yikes. Uh, but he did pretty good, 16%. But right after he got canceled out in the first round, uh, you saw Leslie Lewis, Peter McKay, and Aaron O'Toole go head to head to head. 
And I believe the range was mm-hmm. all three of them ranged between 10,000 to 11,500 votes. So it wasn't that far away. Right. So th- the fact that, you know, how she ranked in that leadership race was phenomenal. Um, and, you know, I it, it's going to be interesting to see how she um, takes part in the conservative caucus, uh, whether she runs for a seat. It's going to be interesting to see. And what another thing that's going to be interesting to see is whether Peter McKay uh, actually you right. know, wants to run for office. Do you think that he might actually want to continue down this road? See, I, I, I can't anticipate his next steps. I mean, he posted something today, uh, obviously thanking uh, his supporters and thanking Canada for the opportunity for him to uh, compete in the race. Uh, and he did mention how he was going to spend time with his family, uh, as well as he did say to consider um, you know, next steps, if there were any to be taken in public life. So definitely leaving the door open, I think, uh, Peter McKay did this afternoon. But I can't anticipate what his next steps will be. But I'm sure, uh, just like Les and Lewis, Peter McKay would be a welcomed voice under uh, Aaron O'Toole's uh, leadership. For sure. And I'm just going to say one last thing about Peter McKay, but the pain in his eyes after the first round results. People were expecting him to have you know, about around 40% to win this thing, you know, 40% of the first round ballots. And he only ranked at 33%, which was only 2% above of Aaron O'Toole. And when they did that little pan shot of uh, his little uh, party area that he had, everybody was there. You could just see it in his eyes, the despair, the, the sadness, you know, like just you wait for that moment. You know, he, he was leader of the progressive conservative party back on the, you know, almost 20 years ago and you know all this time he's just been you know getting ready to go and uh mm-hmm. yeah i mean it was a missed opportunity for him for sure um mm. but you know what now okay we we've now solidly know that Aaron O'Toole is the leader and this is as i said it was a shocker but there are big things coming up next in canadian politics parliament mm. has been prorogued uh, mm-hmm. and they will be you know uh, Parliament is essentially opening their doors back up again to hit the restart button on September right. 23rd. So there will right. be a new throne speech. Uh, the federal government is going to, you know, propose a new mandate. Uh, you know, essentially a tagline, or not a tagline, but a series of, uh, you know, propositions, I guess, of policy ideas and just the approach that they want to take. And this will be an opportunity for opposition parties to participate in a confidence vote. And, you know, what the whole debate has been is that what will happen when this confidence vote happens? Does does it mean that the liberal government is going to fall? Will an election be called? Um, right. But I'm just going to say before asking your opinion, because I want to hear what you have to say, is that the Bloc Québécois and Yves Francois Blanchet, their leader, has said right. that uh, unless Bill Morneau, uh, Katie Telford, the chief of staff of the prime minister, and the prime minister himself, unless they right. all resign – which I mean they haven't. <laughs> then the Bloc Québécois will support, and you know, voting in non-support of the federal government and essentially in for a fall election, right? That's that's crazy. I mean, Bill Morneau resigned, but I guess it's not enough for them. So the Conservatives, of course, I mean, with leadership of Aaron O'Toole, the question is, what approach are they going to take? Are they going to vote in support of the federal government? What are they going to do? Are they prepared for a fall election? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? This is big. Right. I mean, well, the first thing I will touch on is the prorogation of Parliament, and that was a colossal um, disappointment, uh, I think, for Canada, because <laughs> if 
if I let me tell you, if the liberal government wanted to hit the reset button, right, which which makes sense, right? If you have a bunch of policy implementations and structures that were designed uh, for the beginning stages of COVID, uh, let's let's hit the reset button and focus on the economic recovery. I get that. But the whole situation and the whole uh, fundamental problem with what happened there was that while they prorogued something this early on, it stopped all of the the key committee work uh, looking into, as you know, uh, the WE scandal uh, and many other uh, parliamentary affairs happening. Not necessarily necessarily scandals. You are right, yes, I agree. And there's so So, many bills that were on the table from, you know, this 43rd parliament that would, you know, are are definitely, they're not going to be on the table anymore. You know, the... It, right. it is a complete restart washing of the board. And right. as you said, the committee meetings, you know, it, yes, essentially what it is is that it's d- decreasing the opportunity of the full truth coming to, to light in regards to the weed controversy. Um, but, right. but what do you think that the conservatives, given the opportunity with this new leader, um, will they vote for in support of a fall election? I believe right now that Aaron O'Toole has said from the start that he is ready to lead on day one, and that's exactly what he did today on day one. He led. He is a sitting member of parliament from Durham, as you know, and he absolutely, you know, after that long, long night uh, of leadership results, we saw him right away in the opposition leader's office uh, this morning, ready to get to work, and he is ready to lead. He is doing just that and is going to carry us uh, through up until and during uh, the next election, but we don't know when that's going to be. Yeah, I mean, uh, I just saw, I just got a notification that Doug Ford, I don't know if you saw, because he was uh, the Premier of Ontario, He right. he's been very, you know, uh, brotherly love with him and the Prime Minister, I guess, for lack of a better term. I mean, they've been, uh, they've been pretty chill together, the PM and uh, Doug, and he just said that he would not actively campaign for Aaron O'Toole if there was a fall election. So that's interesting that Premier Ford is staying nonpartisan uh, in regards to that. But yeah, as you said, like, there's not much that we can see, because Aaron O'Toole, people think, and I, I say this on the opposition side, you know, liberals and NDP, people think that they know who he is and they think that they can predict his every move and what he's thinking and all of that stuff. But really he is, he has a lot of potential of taking for leadership, right? Like this is, this is an interesting moment to see what he wants to do because he he is leading this, uh, this charge, I guess. Right. Um, my prediction personally, I think that given the opportunity, I mean, if the NDP, is you know and they're sort of wobbly when it comes to voting for a fall election or not but they've said that they have enough money to support a fall election potentially but they're undecided so if the ndp is going to you know vote in support of an election then it's going to be okay well then what are the conservatives going to do if the conservatives want to vote in support of an election it's going to be the question of what the ndp is going to do i think that given this opportunity they want to um you know hit the hit the restart button themselves because that 2019 loss was quite devastating for the conservatives and the NDP. Uh, I think that there will be a fall election. And personally, I think that, that the, given the circumstances of COVID-19 and how the liberal government has performed, I mean, subtract the we charity controversy, which I think has been patched up pretty properly uh, to this moment. But I think that there's a very high possibility of a Trudeau majority happening within the next six months. 
Um, but you know, it, it's it's an interesting thing to see whether you know the conservatives will support that because it is we're during a global pandemic and having an election wouldn't be the best idea. Would you agree? I I would say right now that as we're in the recovery stages, I think the main priority is going to be getting Canadians back on track. Right now, we we could not be any more derailed than we really are. Uh, this this government, this liberal government. Uh, has left us with billions and billions of dollars of debt and deficit that we have no idea how we're going to climb out of under their leadership. Now, the other thing is, with, with you know the declaration of an election, as I said, Aaron O'Toole was ready uh, on day one, ready, was ready today to lead, and I think that whatever the outcome is and how the parliamentary um, affairs go on September 23rd, I think, uh, that'll really determine. There's there's other parties at play um, when it comes to triggering an election, right? The Bloc, the NDP, all of those uh, parties can really. Oh, and the Greens, of course. Yeah, with um, their all of those seats. parties uh, have have a role to play. They all have a role to play. For for sure, definitely. It's it's going to be interesting to see what what they all do because collectively, right? Like they're not. I don't know. Uh, you know what the leaders if they're on speaking terms but i don't know how much cooperation is going to be involved in the results of the confidence vote i think the earliest date that a confidence vote can happen is september 30th um with the idea that september 23rd there's going to be uh you know the hitting the restart button on parliament but you know that is so interesting and i want to talk about there's two more things i want to ask you about first of all that delay that whole delay the conservative party oh my goodness with the results I think it was a three-hour delay for like they said stuff is gonna start results are gonna start coming at six thirty, and oh my god it was like I don't even know when it was but it was like five hours later. What do you what do you think went ha- like what happened? That's just my well, question. What happened? It was that was crazy. Right. I I mean I could definitely sense like, on social media now, especially with the pandemic. You know, you can only sense people's. Uh, sentiments on the matter through you know twitter and facebook and instagram and i i really think that despite obviously the frustration from the different camps and conservative voters i can imagine that the most frustration was probably being felt by the scrutineers and the people inside that room that were there for 12 14 15 16 hours trying to get through them the envelope counting machines that issue uh makes perfect sense in the sense that if the ballots are being ripped, the process that they had to go through to reprint the certain ballots from each region. Well, for the record, all- can I just acknowledge yeah. that what happened with those machines was that I think about 4,000 of the ballots right. were being ripped up in the machines, yeah. which is like very ironic. The machines are there to read, but they're ripping. So, well, they were opening the they were opening the envelopes. So, so it, like you know, if we calculate the percent, 97 to 98 percent of the ballots were absolutely fine. So that margin of error of three to four percent uh, is not unheard of, and I okay, think good point. That, I, I think the Conservative Party wanted to make sure that they got it absolutely correct. There's no room for error in the leadership race, so if they had to take the time, despite any frustration that it might have caused, accuracy was the number one priority, and that's exactly what they delivered. So I, even though I mean, as I said, we were texting at one a.m., even though it was <laughs> late in the night. The results that arrived, we knew were precise, 
and accurate. All right. Well, yeah, good point. And, you know, it, it did come in pretty fast once it started. So I'll, I'll cut some slack on the CPC side. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Final question, though. What yes. do you think is the biggest challenge moving forward for Aaron O'Toole and the Conservative Party? Mm. I, you know what? I, what I think the priority is and what I think Aaron uh, is already working on is not only unifying the party, but unifying the country, right? Um, but I don't think that this priority is going to be a particular challenge. Uh, we saw, we saw um, not, not endorsements, but we saw clear messages of support from conservative caucus members and, and conservative um, members across the country who endorsed other candidates, but already were saying, okay, you know what? Congratulations to Aaron O'Toole. You know, are, are we disappointed that our candidate didn't win? Yes, but there is something larger at play here, and that's that positive conservative vision. So, you know, Aaron, we're ready. We're ready to stand behind you, rally behind you, and get Canada back on track and do what is needed to be part of this team so we can succeed. So that party reunification and the reunification of the country is already in place, and I think that's the number one priority right now that uh, Aaron O'Toole uh, is taking head on. Good points. Good point. I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. It could be right. we could be living in a completely different Canada, and you know, the means of one. No, I'm kidding, but not a completely different Canada. But I guess a Canada with no CBC. How about that? Uh, <laughs> I I think I think we will be living in a country of freedoms and a country of you know where there's not you know hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh, on on citizens' heads in terms of the debt that each of them carries as part of the national debt and deficit. I think we're going to be living in a country, if Aaron wins and becomes the prime minister in the next election, uh, we're going to be living in a country where there is stability, not only fiscal stability, but stability with our allies and on the world stage. So the country that that I'm picturing is one that I definitely want to live in. Well, that's quite the prediction, and hopefully... If that is the scenario, we do live in a free and fiscally responsible country. Andrea, thank you so much for coming on the You're podcast. Welcome. Oh, that was lovely. It, I had lots of fun. <laughs> yeah, it was great conversation. I really wanted to hear your input. I think actually you may be the first conservative like guest on this podcast. I usually have oh, wow. people to the left, but uh, great to have a different perspective and hopefully That's more to come fun. as well. Yes, of course. Yeah, no, of course. I uh, I love doing it. So thanks. Awesome, awesome. And Andrea, where can people find you on Twitter? Oh, they can find me at Perez ABC. So P R E Z underscore A B C. Awesome, That's awesome. Instagram as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll find me there. Go check him out. He's a he's an interesting fellow with some interesting ideas. So uh, <laughs> thanks again for coming on the podcast. All the best. Thanks, Ivan.